You're listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and this is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. Joining me in studio now is Head of News, Jerry Collison. Jerry, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So we have a packed newspaper this week, and there's some stories in there about the hospital, University Hospital Limerick. So the first one is that uh, Colette Cowan, the CEO of UL Hospitals Group, has been reappointed for another five years. Yeah, um, I suppose no great surprise there. Um, She's been in the position since 2014. It's a fairly big job because um, she's looking after a budget now of 351 million. That's how much it costs to deliver just the hospital service into the Midwest region. And that's ex- that excludes, we'll say, the money that's gone to the HS- HSE in terms of community care and all that sort of thing, the clinics, all that sort of thing, would not be included in that 351 million. And she also has responsibility for 4,200 workers. So the, the group itself covers UHL, the maternity hospital in Limerick, Croom, which is the orthopedic hospital, Ennis, Nina and St. John's in the city here. So it is indeed a very, very big job. Now, what really sort of sticks out is that she outlined her priorities um, on her reappointment. And that sort of gives us a very good insight into maybe how she sees the whole health system evolving over the next five years, the, the, the term of her, of her reappointment. And one of, the, one of the big ticket items that I'd seen, now there's stuff that goes on in the background that's already part of national policy, such as Slauncha Care, which is the Department of Health's big um, reformation of the health system, that sort of thing. But let's say specifically towards the Midwest and Limerick, um, one of the big ticket items would be the development of a health science academy jointly with the University of Limerick. Now, there already is a fairly significant tie up between the university and the hospitals group in the sense that they are more or less the, the mentors, let's say, of the um, medical um, college in UL. Um, but this would be this would be copper fastening this into a health science academy. Um, the other thing then is they're talking about the relocation of the University Maternity Hospital, which is out on the Ennis Road, and bringing that onto the UHL campus. Um, now, given the amount of um, noise that's going on at the moment about the overrun and the budgets for the um, National Maternity Hospital. This should be a fairly interesting development. Um, Now, it does make sense, let's say, if you look at it from a strategic viewpoint, you know, to have them all on the same campus. So that means that if a maternity case suddenly turns into an acute case or whatever, you know, and you will have that that um, correlation between the two between the two hospitals. And the other one then talking about is where She's looking at developing enhanced diagnostics, diagnostics at UHL um, through the Blood Sciences Project and the, acquisi- and the acquisition of a, of a second MRI scanner. The one that she's looking at and saying, well, you know, what, what's the UL Hospitals Group? What's its, its area of expertise? And one of the areas she's looking at is that it would be developed into a major center for cancer care. Also robotics to have this da Vinci um, robot out there at the moment, which performs some of the um, more intricate operations through, through robots. You know, it just seems, it just seems uh, very futuristic. The other one then is aging and therapeutics, P- 
paediatrics and specialist services outside of the Dublin region. So really, it's a bit of a catch-all, but I would say the more eye-catching ones there are Centre of Excellence for Cancer Care and the Robotics. Uh, they would seem to be the two standout issues there. So that's part of our agenda for the next five years. So we'll probably see that budget uh, increase <laughs> a lot more. Yeah, actually. Even, if all it goes to Yeah, plan. even looking at it now, you know, we say... You know, the health service has been starved of resources and, you know, there also been fewer uh, medical staff and that sort of thing. But interestingly, if you look since 2014, which isn't back in the dark ages, if we look at that, the budget was 267 million. It's now 351 and, and it's going to rise again. Yeah, so we're talking yeah. about a fairly significant increase there. And bear in mind as well that we were still just emerging from the recession. And many would say we still haven't really shaken it all off. And the workforce risen from 3,000 to 4,200. Now, a lot of people might be asking, where are these people? You know, it's a fairly significant increase. And yet people will say, you know, there's a need for more nurses. There's a need for more frontline staff. The question has to be asked, you know, where have that extra 1,200 staff? Where have they gone? Where have they been allocated to over the past five years? And then a, a few weeks back, we had Minister for Health, Simon Harris, pay a visit to UHL. And he was accused of uh, sneaking in and out, I suppose, by a, a local TD. Yeah, you'd, you'd have a certain amount of, 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 of sympathy here. I mean, he made an unannounced visit there. Um, and, you know, what was he going to do? Was he going to sort of call in all the press and everything like that and have a big uh, dog and pony show? You know, <laughs> There's certain things that you say, well, if he's going to make an unannounced visit, let it be unannounced. Let him go along. Let him see what's going. Let him go into the ER, into the uh, emergency department. You know, let him see how the thing is happening when nobody is expecting him to be there like people would experience on a day to day basis. The fact, you know, saying he sneaked in and sneaked out, that's a bit. There's no opportunity to cover up the cracks in that way, you know. It, it, yeah. it, it is. But you know what? I mean, Morris Quinlevin does make some very, very relevant points. And he would probably be the person who is most on board with, you know, the public perception of how things are working out in UHL. Um, and it doesn't take away from some of the valid points he'd made. And actually, when uh, Simon Harris actually responded to these um to these claims from from Morris Quinlevin, you know, he did really, I suppose, uh, give some substance, substance to Deputy Quinlevin's claims. You know, he's saying, yeah, there are significant difficulties at UHL, although in, I suppose in political speak, he says he says there are challenges, um, but they are problems, really. And, um, you know, he's saying, OK, we're making progress. We've got the 60 bed unit going on and then a lot of criticism over the people who were appointed or selected to deliver that, you know, being a company that was already in big trouble with the Department of Education about the standard of the of the um, of the schools that they built. But you know, Simon Harris says, well, you know what, that's that's a fact. But we have a very sort of a rigorous uh, oversight um, uh, regime in place. So they'll be watched every step of the way and there'll be HSE people watching it and everything like that. But you know what, I don't know how many people would have confidence in that sort of oversight. You know, yeah. they're not builders. And then uh, so those 
stories are available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper with the last one from David Raleigh. He has another story in the paper this week about uh, so, some people teething from a local charity. Yeah, this one was a fairly mean one now. So there's, there's, a, there's an organisation out um, called the Share a Dream Foundation. Many people would be familiar with it, headed up by um, Shea Kinsella, who has more or less devoted most of his life to making wishes come true for children who are seriously or terminally ill. Um, it's, it's a fantastic um, relief. It's a fantastic service for parents and families who are in that terrible situation. And this was a particularly mean one where a gang just uh, smashed in the front door, backed up a van up to the door. Uh, they raided the, the uh, till, but also there was, there's a sort of a big globe there that, where they have donations. And there were a few, there was a few thousand quid taken in, in the raid. But, you know, I think more significantly, could you really think of a worse place? Could you really think of something that would just be so heinous as to do this? You know, and, you know, Kira Brawley, who's, who's the, um, the uh, communications manager out there, you know, she says, you know, the irony of this is that some of those people who did that could well be in need of the services of the Share Dream Foundation themselves. There's a bigger picture there that people don't see, you know. Absolutely, yeah. you know, and they're, 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 they're really providing a great service on a shoestring. You know, their, their operational costs are only somewhere between 200,000 and 250,000. That's to keep the entire show on the road. And they do have a, um, out in Plassey. A dreamland. Do, that's, yeah, it, yeah, that's it, which is specially constructed for kids. And it has all sorts of things, like we say, the cockpit of an aeroplane and a, a, a pretend fire station and all this sort of thing, you know. And what's what's happened is that they're operating that on i would say about the same amount of money as some of the chief executives of some of the national charities are getting you know it just seems amazing that they're able to provide that service on such a very very low budget so taking you know that few grand out of out of, in, a, in a burglary you know that's made a fairly significant impact on the organization so you, you could know, be denying a child it's dream as the charity does absolutely you know. and you know it's it's just a hope that these people just might reconsider just might have a good look at themselves in the mirror and say well you know what um let's let's just uh, make some sort of an anonymous donation or whatever you know probably probably won't happen but yeah there you go Jerry, thanks very much for joining us. And all those stories are available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie. Joining me in studio now is host of the Limerick Post show, Megan Scully. How are you? Not too bad. How are you getting on? I'm very good. A little bit tired. It's been a very, very busy, nearly two weeks now because we've been Probably working. two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very busy few months. Um, we haven't actually taken a day off in over in two weeks. So, yeah, it's been jam-packed, but loads of fun. And you haven't had a day off because you work in the radio on Sundays. I do, uh, Class yeah. Kids, Guaranteed Irish, 8 to 10 p.m. every Sunday. <laughs> um, no, but it was, it was an amazing week. So um, on Saturday, we had three back-to-back events. We went to Cannonball, which is in the Radisson out in the Ennis Road, to see some very souped-up cars. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, my there voice. There was some crowd out there, wasn't there? Great crowd, loads yeah. of cars. 
loads of cars everything everything you could think of even the the Pope Mobile was probably my favourite yeah definitely not yeah. very souped up but you know <laughs> it was really good fun it was cool to see um, so many and as you said so many people went out to, to look at the cars so that was great crack and uh, chatted to a lovely lady who had a pink Aston Martin I was so jealous but like it was so cool um, and then we went on to uh, Fidget Feet who were preparing their Bingo Wings show which is out um, tonight and all this weekend so definitely worth going checking that one out we chatted to Joe Mangan who's the director um, we then went on to the Liverpool Legends in Ashley Anacotti and we got to chat to Jason McAteer I was going to say you spoke to some fella out there didn't you He's, I did some yeah. lad who keeps all around <laughs> great chats with him it was so much fun it was all going so well until he asked me if I was a Liverpool fan and uh, you'll have to watch the video to see what happens <laughs> um, then on uh, of course the European Expo um, launch took place on Monday so we were at that um, Munster Rugby are back um, for the next brand new season and they have a game against London Irish this tonight actually so I went over to chat to some of the players in Munster Rugby HQ. Um, we then uh, chatted to um, LSW because the launch of Limerick Mental Health Week took place and uh, we um, heard all about their brand new video campaign and their app of course which is wonderful. Um, and we gave a high five for Limerick Suicide Watch. Yes and we told some of our media friends in Limerick to uh, challenge us so we set the challenge to the Limerick leader and I love Limerick um, to also uh, create a video and put it on social media. I haven't seen the video yet. Soon. I'd say soon. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was on Wednesday. And then um, yesterday we went to the launch of i.ny and uh, we also chatted to Miss Limerick, Hero Halloran, and she's taking part in Miss Ireland this weekend. Um, and yeah, so it's been pretty busy. And you're just going to take it easy for a while now? Not much else? Uh. I've got an interview lined up now with a band in a while and then I actually am going home to Ardrahan this evening and Lovely. I don't want anyone to disturb me <laughs> until Monday morning. Switch off the phone. I don't think I want to do that, but I probably won't be able to because Bella <laughs> would want to want to be she will, she wants her moment on Instagram. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so it's been a pretty hectic week, but it's been great. There's loads going on in Limerick at the moment. It's just like yeah, this so week busy. has been crazy. It's like everyone's just back from summer and. Let's run an event. Let's run a party. Let's run an event. Let's run a show. Let's run an event. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I always think when it comes to these things, this used to happen when I lived in Dublin. All the events were put on the exact same time. Yeah. Um, in the same, like in different venues across towns. So you could never make them all, but they were all really good ones. So I used to always have, I used to think that all the PR companies should come together at a certain time of year and sit down and have like a, decide together there and then, okay, I'm going to do my event here at this day and then I'll do mine this day so that everyone can go to them because when they're all together at the same time, you're missing out on things. Yeah. And you FOMO. FOMO, FOMO, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we can't be everywhere. We do try, though. We try our best. But uh, we, yeah, we, we, we would love to be able to go to everything. And tell me this, Megan. Where can people see the Limerick Post show? Well, you can head over to limerickpost.ie forward slash show to check out all the videos we have. So much content up this week. And uh, of course, make sure you're following us across social media um, to see videos as well. And we are running a pretty cool competition later on today across Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you're following us if you want to enter. Um, it's actually a prize worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's a nice one. <laughs> Very yeah. nice prize. I, I, I could do with it myself. I know, so could I. <laughs> wonder if we fix it. No, maybe not. No, I don't think that'd be fair. Chan Bling is after winning. Well done, Chan Bling. <laughs> Megan Scully, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend and oh, enjoy our rest. Oh, I can't wait. I'm now joined in studio by our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you this week? I'm good, buoyed up by sunny weather. It's lovely, isn't it? And yeah. hopefully it stays like this for the weekend. Should you. do. You will yeah. be pleased to know I have loads of washing on my line. Ah, fair play. I must do the same myself, Rose. <laughs> uh, now, there's some big events coming up. Yes, you do, Keen. <laughs> <laughs> there's some big events coming up uh, in Limerick uh, and nationally, I suppose. We have Culture Night coming up next week. 
Internationally, Kian. Internationally. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I'm very sorry. Today. Very okay. sorry, Rose. Yeah, yeah, it's a worldwide phenomenon. The lovely thing about Culture Night in Limerick over the past, how long are we doing it? Big time. Mm, maybe a decade. Um, Just short a decade, are we? I think so, yeah. Thereabouts, isn't it? As with Riverfest, the weather is almost always wonderful. Riverfest's on a perfect time of year, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's no guarantee in Ireland either. That's true. Yeah. And we're more vulnerable in September. But just one phenomenon about the popularity of Culture Night, and I, I do believe it's a, it's a wonderful festival that works for everybody, is that the weather is virtually always good, which really matters, listener, because so many events are pop-up, are outdoor, are to do with heritage walks, are choral walks, are, you know, viewing open sites, such yeah. as, you know, King John's Castle or... The, the castle out in Kilmallock and the friary, stuff like that. So if you go on to, there's a very, very helpful website called culturenight.ie forward slash events forward slash Limerick. And when you go on to the Limerick site, you can refine it further again with respect to city. County. County, yeah. Now, yeah. you and I, we know the city pretty well. We've less frequent reason to be in County Limerick, which I truly love and don't see enough of. So I started trolling around the side to see what was in Brewery and Kerry Kerry. <laughs> and in fairness, <laughs> some villages have a lot going on and some don't. It could be maybe just the library's open and there's some good trad or poetry yeah. telling. Um, That's good in itself. I, I, it's enjoyable in itself, a bit of trad music in it. It's yeah. good in itself. So yeah. I sort of I did a little bit of roundup and so far as I could contact people in time for the page and uh, an old pal of ours um, out in Lorak Theatre, Mr. Mr. Curtin out there, who's their unpaid PRO and Lorcan, virtual manager, yeah. Lorcan Curtin, yeah. who's, who's a nice, great person. Nice man, lovely. Got in touch and this beautiful word came up, skariacht. Skariacht, it's a mix of local musicians, singers, dancers and a little bit of drama. Sounds like your everyday Irish family, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> By the far side. That's a lovely uh, word, isn't it? Yeah, Scaria. Yeah. I thought it was really lovely. I hadn't come across it before. So essentially, it's a variety night. Or Kjolkwurm was, you yeah. know, what we grew up with. And he tells us about the drama. It's, the latter is a short piece looking back at the creamery worker strike in Mina Hila in 1919, an event that preceded the Limerick Soviet. Uh, which is the the revolt, sorry, the scene, forgive me, the centenary revolt brought home to us all by Mike Finn's majestic Red Knot Prophets in Cleves Campus, which I think you and I got, got to see earlier on this year. Uh, I didn't get on. to see it, I missed it. But What's you wrong saw with you, Kian? What I, happened? I, I can't remember, I think I had to go home that weekend. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, you're forgiven. I think, no, yeah. Rose, I, I could be lying to you. Yeah, it was really good <laughs> stuff. Anyway, I heard brilliant things about it anyway. Yeah, a very, very interesting piece. And um, again, this Cleves campus, Riverside campus, as it's now known, it's, it's, it's another heritage site with that amazing tower. And uh, I know it's due for redevelopment. I don't believe it's begun there yet, but it yeah. was just such an interesting, huge, bold forum for it. And you got a sense of the oppression and the, the violence and the threat then from the British militia and stuff like that. And the threat from the church to revolting yeah. workers. They didn't like it at all. People taking power into their own hands. So um, that's one event. St. Mary's Cathedral is hosting something that the Hunt Museum used to annually. And now perhaps St. Mary's Cathedral is the better forum because it's, it's music, specifically opera. Olive Cowper ties in with University Concert Hall. And University Concert Hall being cited out 
almost at the country. (laughs) 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 Once the city centre locus for for, for this event. So Olive directs uh, an original piece every year with respect to um, her choice of singers, all of whom are are still with her, such as Sarah Ellen Murphy, um, or people who've come up through her as well, such as Kevin Neville. Uh, Eve Stafford, Newcastle West Soprano, who's just a multi-award winner at this stage, Ellen Collins, Lorcan Curtin's brother, Dari Curtin, who's an amazing baritone with Limerick Core Union, and uh, the organiser of music in St. Mary's Cathedral, who does this incredibly prolific programme throughout the year, Peter Barley, he's an amazing, amazing, amazing choral singer himself, and organ player and keyboard he is going to accompany them uh, and that's um, at 7pm and 8pm on Friday the 20th um, so look reader there's plenty on the page for you to explore and plenty, plenty on the page online. plenty online excellent Rose yeah. and then uh, there's another story here for the Ophelia Quartet a bit of music I think going yes. by the name yeah <laughs> no, a friend of mine whom I will be meeting over the weekend John Horgan John Horgan has um, he's he, he has had a parallel life. Um, he's chairman of the Labour Commission. Uh, he works in industrial relations. But the great thing about John Horgan is that he backs extraordinary quality literary and um, artistic and musical projects as well. So he's the, one of the, the brains behind Killaloo Chamber Music Festival. He's behind the Bantry-based West Cork International Chamber Music Festival. He's behind the West Cork Literary Festival. He's also one of the brains of a good friend of his, Christopher Marwood. Some of you will know Christopher Marwood, I beg your pardon, Marwood, from his work with uh, the Van Brugh Quartet. He's an internationally sought after cellist and he's a teacher, master teacher. The two of them managed to set up the National String Quartet Foundation last year. They toured with very, very good quality string quartets, such as the, I think, the Ophelia Quartet is one anyway. Um, they're um, the first concert to come to Limerick in a brace of two only. A brace is always two, isn't it? It comes to Bell Table um, this Friday the 13th as well at 8pm. And uh, another concert in town tonight is the Irish Chamber Orchestra, again in St Mary's Cathedral. So Lovely. we're spoiled for great yeah, music, aren't we? music going on. And okay. um, we'll be heading to the theatre this weekend, Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keira, you, I, I know you did some filming in and around uh, Bingo Wings and Fidget Feet. Yeah, we so were there please, for, please tell um, the reader They had this. a bit of a rehearsal last Saturday. Mm-hmm. We popped out to the uh, Irish Aerial Dance, um, where they rehearsed myself and Megan popped out. Yeah, yeah Irish Aerial Dance Centre, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you have an amazing job, by the way. Sometimes, Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy it, you know. But, um, yeah, I think the anyone who goes to the gig tonight or tomorrow are going to be in for a treat. Like, there's humour in there, the, the acrobatics that we all know people see, you know. It's it's going to be great to see it in a theatre as well. Yeah. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and Joe Mangan as a director... You know, I think you can expect some quality there. Yeah, yeah, she's good things, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. You looking forward to it yourself? I am. I know they got big funding from the Arts Council for it, so that's going to money always lends an exceptional dimension in when it's used in the right hands. But it's great to see it supported like that by by the Arts Council. It is. Yeah, Yeah, and I think some of that support uh, was to allow Fidget Feet specifically for this show to work with communities. 
in partnership yep. in an educational they and have training the, drive there. The Zion Choir, Zion Community Choir. Really? Be, yeah. Really? Involved okay. in the show. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, the last time I saw Fidget Feet on stage, it was with an Irish World Academy showcase. And what and was that like? Stunning. Yeah. And was that performance stunning. or was it a, a a drama performance? Was it what, an Ikea flatback? <laughs> a drama performance or their aerial performance? Rose. It was aerial performance, you know, <laughs> a dramatic aerial performance. You're having fun with me today, Rose, whatever's yes, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> makes me giddy. I, I own it. Anyway, more music to tell you about Limerick Choral Union. And again, back to my role about the Curtin family today. <laughs> Darry Curtin got in touch to say that Limerick Coral Union is looking to expand in its membership base. Now, it's not short of members. I think it has at least 120 members, uh, but perhaps only 100 or so are used or available for any given concert, given the rotating quality of our lives. Now, everybody is available in, in time frames required. Um, they released a little bit about their Christmas programme and the big concert will be on Saturday, December the 7th again a university concert hall they're going to do Handel's Messiah also Beethoven's Choral Fantasia Mass and C and come next spring it's going to be the Ninth Symphony um, so they rehearse every Wednesday night now reader this is not for the faint hearted Limerick Choral Union they film every Every, every formal concert and they then they analyse their film work they always want their concerts to be record worthy they're that high end Dara says don't be intimidated if you can't read music uh, they provide line CDs that allow you to listen to your own part be it soprano, alto, tenor or whatever in your own time and become really familiar with the words and the part that you were singing so again I have contact details here on the page and that's going to be online shortly brilliant Okay. Also, to the visual arts, then Rose. Yeah, visual arts. Uh, we're both very fond of Kathy Tiernan. She she's one of the coordinators with Art Limerick, all one word. Um, they're getting involved with the Pig Town Festival, which celebrates Limerick's culinary, you know, riches and our history as a bacon producer. Uh, the Art of Pig Town Fair is a tie-in with Art Limerick. That's taking place at Limerick Milk Market on Sunday, September the twenty-second. It's an eclectic mix of art by 40 artists. Kathy tells us that every artist was challenged to paint their own little piggy. <laughs> she sent in some of the illustrations. I loved them. And uh, she says the purpose of this is illustrating the amazing variety of artwork that we produce and driving home the idea that each of us is unique in what we do. Bless. Yeah, it's a lovely idea, isn't it? Seeing everybody's take on one subject. Yeah, yeah. Now, they're another company that is uh, has opened a new season of art classes. They're taking place in what is known as now the People's Museum. We know it as number two Perry Square, former yeah. culture house. And that's under the aegis now of Limerick Civic Trust. We both worked with Limerick Civic Trust yeah. in the past 12 months. Uh, they're running uh, classes there. Again, if you Google Art Limerick, Limerick Post, you'll get details online. And another shout out is for Limerick Camera Club. They've opened a new season. They meet Wednesday nights at 8pm in Mary Immaculate College. And they they get together with respect to everything from comparing techniques, mm-hmm. promoting each other's work, exhibitions, master classes, the latest equipment. And they do regular excursions together. A good friend of mine, Brendan Crow, is shoulder to the wall with them. And I know they would love 
if their base got stronger. And I, what I know from himself and another friend of mine there, Helen, they go off on regular jaunts. It could be a day jaunt or it could be a weekend one. They could be in Westport climbing mountains for the weekend or something. And they take back amazing shots and they enter them into national and international competitions and they are winners. Brilliant. So, and if you... The season has formally opened, Kian. I've made it happen. If you search for the Limerick Camera Club on limerickpost.e, you'll find a video yeah. from last year where I was interviewing a couple of people down and... Come on. Uh, Mary Oi. School learners, nice little set up and everybody uh, is very open with their critique and honest, which is very good. But uh, it's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Rose well Keen, you surprise me I always do there's always <laughs> something there Rose thank you very much for joining me and all arts news is available on page 88 of this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie Rose enjoy your weekend and I'll probably see you tomorrow at Fidget Feet a great pleasure I want to meet the mammy we'll see okay. <laughs> thanks Rose <laughs> okay I understand the culture. <laughs> So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. I'd like to thank Jerry Collison, Head of News, Megan Scully from the Limerick Post Show, and our arts editor, Rose Rush, for joining me this week. For more news, sports, arts, entertainment, and much, much more, visit limerickpost.ie or to keep up to date with all Limerick news, follow the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. We really are keeping Limerick posted. <laughs>